Under the Tartan Sky, Episode 71, produced 30 August 2020. The existence of the Scottish diaspora, those people of Scottish origin or descent, is well documented. Millions around the world claim Scottish ancestry. Whether forcibly cleared from their lands or having left Scotland voluntarily, their ancestors went in search of a new and better life. Today, Scottish businesses looking to expand their own horizons are now recognizing the value of that diaspora community and its global outreach. I'm Glenn Moyer, and in a moment, We'll talk with Russell Dalgleish, a Scottish entrepreneur and co-founder of the Scottish Business Network, whose aim is to connect Scottish business leaders and those in similar positions within the diaspora community from around the globe. The SBN, connecting globally. That's coming up here under the Tartan Sky. Are you .scot yet? .scot is the domain for the worldwide community of Scots. It became available to the public in late 2014 and is used by the Scottish Government and Parliament, the National Health Service in Scotland and thousands of other organisations and individuals around the globe. .scot doesn't mind where you live or what kind of Scottish connection you have. If you're Scottish by birth, heritage or affinity, or an association that practices and promotes Scottish arts and culture, or a business with some kind of Scottish connection, then .scot is for you. Best of all, it's easy to sign up to. Simply visit domains.scot, choose your domain name, and you're off and running. And, by the way, if you're just looking for a wee blether, our email service will help you do that too. .scot. Be part of it. Long before the terms networking and contacts found their way into our everyday business vocabulary, there was the old saying, it's not what you know, but who you know. Meaning simply, it's sometimes easier to get ahead if you know people in the right places. The phrase is thought to have originated back in the early 19-teens and was in regular use in society by the 1930s. While this might initially be seen as a negative, for example, an unqualified applicant for a job is hired over clearly more qualified candidates because he or she has a relative or a family friend already working in the company. But it can also be a positive. You're a business with a quality product to bring to market, but you just don't know quite where to begin. Knowing someone who can make an introduction or open a door to get you and your product in front of an influencer or a decision maker, well, that can be invaluable. And that is the value that the Scottish Business Network seeks to bring to its members. Established in 2016 by Scottish entrepreneurs Russell Dalgleish and Christine Essen, SBN Today is, quote, an independent international membership organization for Scottish entrepreneurs and business leaders, end quote. It's comprised of over 8,000 senior Scots executives in Europe, Asia, the Americas, and Africa. It represents over 100 Scottish companies and with a global network community of more than 17,000. The SBN's goal is to be a communications conduit, a social network, if you will, connecting Scottish businesses with leading Scottish diaspora around the globe. Among its many services, the SBN hosts events across the UK and internationally, 
including its upcoming Scottish International Week. It facilitates introductions to business leaders in target markets, typically senior Scottish executives from within the international diaspora community. It offers promotional services to raise its members' visibility, and it provides a library of business and cultural research on markets around the globe. Russell Dalgleish is the chairman and co-founder of the SBN. He is a serial entrepreneur, an investor, and a business strategist. At six feet five inches in height, he is also sometimes known as, well, the tall Scottish guy. Dalgleish is the very definition of an influencer. He sits on the boards of 10 companies and organizations and has been recognized as one of the top 100 most influential British entrepreneurs. Getting a few minutes with him was not easy, including a couple of false starts and, well, being interrupted by a power outage in Spain. But once we finally did get a chance to chat, my first question was the obvious one. As an already successful business entrepreneur, what inspired the formation of the SBN? Oh, what a fabulous question. Um, I think it was back in 2015. Um, I met uh, Christine Essen, who is an economic development professional, uh, originally from Scotland, but then living in London. And she, she was at that stage employed by the Irish government helping Irish companies come into London. And the way they did that was to make use of the Irish diaspora to help those companies get a foothold. So we got into a discussion and said, well, why don't we do that for Scottish companies? And it kind of kicked off like that. The idea was to, to sort of see if we could we help a dozen Scottish companies over a period of time by pulling together some members of the Scottish business diaspora in London. And that was our simple idea. And was it just the geographic location of London, the fact that I think you were working in and out of London to some extent at the time, that you centered initially on London when you started to reach out to the diaspora? Um, It it was to a certain extent, because though I live in Scotland, my career was in London, so I commuted between the two quite regularly. But really it was because of the opportunity in London. London is such a concentration of capital, innovation, and networks from across the world. I think I read somewhere that London was the fourth richest city in the world. So it just seemed to be that perhaps there was more of an opportunity for Scottish companies in London than they perceived, and perhaps we could open up some of those opportunities to them. If I understand correctly, then the role of SBN basically is to uh, help Scottish businesses reach out globally to expand their reach, get into new markets internationally, et cetera. That being the case, is Scotland and its products and its businesses, is that an easy sell around the world? I think Scotland's a recognized brand of quality to an awful lot of individuals on our planet, you know, through our things like golf, whiskey, those types of things through tourism. Those are all seen as world beating. And I think that kind of flows down to the fact that any research we've done has kind of indicated that if you say you're a Scottish business person, there tends to be quite a high level of trust that you're going to be um, someone safe to work with. So I think there is. I think the quality of products and trust are the two keys. I think what we've found is that there's also people are interested to hear more about Scotland as well. Now, though we use Scotland as the way to bring together the diaspora, Um, It's actually the quality of the products and services of the Scottish companies that makes a difference. That's what actually gets the deal. Is that important in these particular times? You know, the UK, Scotland, 
has had Brexit looming in its future and talks of new trade deals, et cetera. Um, then, of course, we've had the pandemic, which has impacted business globally. So is is being a successful brand and known for quality, is that critical, do you think, going forward? Um, I, it kind of sounds like it would be. I, I think it's it's important. But if we go, go back to what we are trying to do, so um, with Scottish Business Network, with our team and with our members, our ambassadors and our supporters, we're actually trying to help the individual company. So yesterday we were working with a Scottish company which is looking to launch its product and service into the States. It's an AI training platform. The company's called Ecom. Now, they've got a brilliant product and they've got a well-researched plan for entering the US market, but they haven't done it yet. So what we saw this was a great opportunity to pull together eight Scots from Seattle to New York, from Texas to, um, I think one was in Canada and Alberta, you know, right across North America. So we put eight Scottish business people into a room with that company. And we got the Scottish company to explain what their product was and what the route to market would be. Then they got the most tremendous feedback on potential approaches, on strategy, on marketing, and also the opportunity to get introductions from those eight individuals. But the magical thing about Scottish Business Network is what happens next. In all of our lives, we can pull together a panel who'll give us advice on our product. But what you won't get is those eight individuals are now friends. So they're going to work together to make that company a success. So it's all about the individual company that we're trying to help. So are these principally business-to-business connections, i.e. a business A that wants to get its product into, let's say, as we're discussing, into the United States, and you set up arrangements for them to meet with other businesses here in the United States so that they can get their take on um, government regulation, on market uh, circumstances, et cetera, et cetera? Or do you sometimes work on a more individual basis? It's it's always on a it, typically it's been on an individual basis. We do okay. a lot of education and sharing of collateral, but the real thing we do is we'll sit with a Scottish company who's a member. We'll ask them what are they trying to achieve. So they could be. I was working with a um, a, a, a Scottish clothes designer, and what she's interested to do is to she thinks some of her designs would go down very well in some of the some of the market research she's done indicates Los Angeles would be a good market for her. But where does she start? How does she get from Gala Shields to Los Angeles? So what we've done is been able to identify these are the individuals you might want to speak to or these are the companies you might want to get a relationship with. And with the companies, what we do is identify a senior Scot within that organization and we contact them. And we have a very straightforward ask. So we reach out on behalf of our Gala Shields-based company to say, this company would like to have five minutes with you. Could you spare a little bit of time on the phone to give them some of your advice and some of your guidance? And Scots around the world always say yes. Because what's the commitment? Five or 10 minutes to help someone who's at an early stage in their business career. And then from that conversation, everything else happens. Does it ever work? In the opposite direction, or does SBN get involved with, let's say, a, a diaspora business owner in the United States who has a product that he feels would be well-received in Scotland? It, can that diaspora business owner reach out to SBN and then you make connections going the other way? We do indeed, and that, that was never part of what we thought we would do. 
But obviously, we're incredibly well connected against this fabulously well interconnected ecosystem in Scotland. So this morning, I was talking to um, our ambassador in Brisbane, in Australia, and he was discussing a product that might be of interest to, is, is, is looking to come into the UK market. And we said, well, why not enter the UK market through Scotland? So we're going to do some introductions for that company to some potential partners in Scotland. Because again, it's going to help Scotland. Now, on this occasion, the person we're introducing in isn't actually a Scot himself. But if we can get his company to work with some Scottish companies, then that's great. We're not doing foreign direct investment or anything like that. We work with the likes of SDI who do that. We're just simply making connections and introducing people. Keep Scotland the brand has become something of a battle cry over there in, in the politics of, of Brexit, et cetera, because of a what is it perceived to be a a direction leading to apparently uh, to presumably the uh, ongoing trade talks that will be happening as a result of, of Brexit and leading to uh, perhaps an overbranding of products as as UK as opposed to as Scottish. Is that an issue that the SBN gets involved with at all, or do you even monitor that? Is it important to keep that identity for a Scottish business as being Scottish as opposed to being UK? Um, that, that's really a decision for the individual company. If I was to look at, um, I sometimes run training programs for business leaders, and I would say to a business leader, if you've got a product, and that product being Scottish or business, British is an advantage, I would say you're both. So if I said um, my whiskey is British, that probably wouldn't be as useful as saying my whiskey is Scottish. Uh-huh. But if I said my fintech company is based in Britain, that might be better than saying my fintech company is based in Scotland. So I, our focus is totally on the company and what's best to help them. So um, different solutions for different markets. Okay. You involve, you obviously heavily involved uh, diaspora. I mean, that's at the root of what you do is connecting Scottish businesses with Scott Diaspora around the world to make yeah. business connections. How do you reach out to diaspora around the world? And I know some of what you've done um, uh, was started with research done in 2019 and carried into this year where you've uh, begun to launch a program of global ambassadors. Tell me a little about that. So let me just run through that in order. So if we start with the word diaspora, So when we started Scottish Business Network, we'd never heard of the word diaspora. So diaspora is is a term that we use to describe individuals who have some relationship with the the nation of Scotland. So they were either born Scottish, family Scottish, worked in Scotland, studied in Scotland, or have a huge, for some reason, have got a huge liking for Scotland. So these are the individuals. And we group those together as saying they're members of the diaspora. How we find them has been quite fascinating. So we've used social media platforms. We've used referral where someone introduces us to someone else. We've also used some quite cool software around about mapping people's second names or family names, along with which country they're most likely to come from. So we've used various different techniques. Once we identify the individuals, we then just reach out to them and say, would you like to get involved? Would you like to come and join our LinkedIn group or our Facebook group or join our, our mailing list? And then we just start sharing information with them. At a certain point, these individuals say, look, I like what you're doing. I'd like to get involved a bit more. And at that point, they can then join Scottish Business Network for a small annual fee. And then that gets them part of our network. So getting introductions, going to events, 
taking part in things. And that's kind of the, the journey that we take people on. And so how do you go about then identifying and recruiting your global ambassadors? Brilliant question. So the Global Ambassador Program was an initiative originally envisaged by uh, two of our now ambassadors in the States, Sandy Donaldson and Fraser Greer. So Sandy and Fraser wanted to do more in their capacity in Atlanta and New York to help us. So they devised this idea of an ambassador. Now, an ambassador is someone who sort of represents the brand locally within a city. So all of the ambassadors are self-selected. So someone who wishes to be ambassador reaches out and contacts us. At that point, we do an interview, ask for references, get as much feedback as possible, and then start working with them. What's unique, we find, about our approach, though, is it's not a franchise. We don't mandate to those ambassadors what they should do. We work with them to use their experience of the local market to um, to work in the most effective and efficient way. And how is that information then transmitted to or shared with your members there in Scotland? I'm envisioning, obviously, a lot of telephone conversations in this day and time, uh, a lot of Zoom meetings. But is there a lot of interaction between your ambassadors and individual businesses? Or do they work in a larger framework, simply providing information to the SBN, which you then disseminate out to the necessary businesses? Well, both is the answer. Okay. So we'll get um, insight from, so from example, from Fiona in Auckland in New Zealand, she'll give us insight into what's happening there, what types of product services may be of interest. She's also there as a touch point for a Scottish company that's thinking about New Zealand as a potential market. They're, they're also um, sharing, um, working individually with companies. So for example, if um, one of our companies was going out to San Francisco, we would introduce them to the ambassador there who would then point them in the right direction, maybe meet them for a drink, but at least be there as someone to provide some soft landing support. Once a company gets into the process of bringing their product, again, let's talk about in the USA or in Australia, um, it, do the ambassadors then play a direct role perhaps in helping to guide the SBN member through the uh, the red tape, if you will, the regulations of getting into the market, getting necessary governmental approvals, all of that paperwork that must be involved in being able to export a product into another country. That depends on the skill set of the individual ambassador. So sometimes the ambassadors are, are, are just going to be signposting. Here's someone you should speak to who can help you with your in-country support or they might provide it themselves. Between the company and the ambassador, they may form a commercial relationship. That's all up to those as individuals. Uh, Scottish Business Network is very much proud of the fact we're a simple not-for-profit organization that attempted to encourage this interaction between Scottish business leaders and the diaspora. So we take no, so we just encourage it to happen. And as in any business, people make their own decisions on what to do. Okay. You were talking about the interesting ways that you reach out to the diaspora around the world. And I, like you, have to admit, I'd never heard of the word diaspora until I started getting involved in exploring my Scottish heritage. And suddenly the word popped up and I went, what the hell is a diaspora? So it's an interesting word that certainly I think a lot of people probably aren't familiar with. But one way that I know that you're, you've sort of identified yourself to make it easier, perhaps, for people to identify SBN and to reach out to the diaspora is uh, the Involvement with .scot. Uh, tell me a little about that and why the decision to, to take your website and make it a .scot site. So um, 
we decided that um, to get started with Scottish Business Network, we needed a website. So um, one of our team um, identified Dot Scott. I, I didn't know Dot Scott existed. So this was that this was the idea that if we were going to be Scottish, so we could have been scottishbusinessnetwork.co.uk, right? Which, which was quite a mouthful. But the advantage was we could have the letters SBN dot Scott. So that was a huge advantage. And then dot Scott, we understood, was a, a way to represent and publish publicise the fact that we were to do with Scotland. So it was a complete no-brainer. And um, that got us started. And then it's been really useful because it's taken us into this other community of individuals who are running dot Scott websites. And working with people like yourself and Harry has just been such a joy. I went into Dot Scott purely because I am, they call it an affinity Scott. I mean, I have Scott heritage, Scott ancestry, but I also have just a passion for Scotland. And that is a part of the community and a part of the wider diaspora, I think you were talking about trying to address and, and making contact with early on. Yeah, that's it, exactly. And it, it's people, you know, it's interesting. How do we go and find these individuals? And a lot of it now is through um, recommendation or cultural background. So, for example, if we identify someone in Chicago as a Glasgow Celtic fan, they've probably got some kind of affinity with Scotland. So, so you can kind of work it out that way. Or if someone studied at St Andrews University, they've possibly got some level of affinity with Scotland. If their second name is or family name is MacDonald, then there's a or Dalgleish, there's a high likelihood they have some link in their family background to Scotland. And, and the size of the market is just astonishing. You know, like there are so many um, Scots all over the world, so we could spend forever trying to connect them. <laughs> um, we did a survey. Um, we did a survey about nine months ago or six months ago, which we looked at. And um, we worked with a company called Momentous Change, who are members. And we we did a survey. And we hoped to reach out to two hundred members of the Scottish diaspora and to seek their views on how Scotland should approach export. That was our idea. So we're targeted to get 200. Um, we got 1,100 responses. Wow. So 1,100 Scots from across 76 countries fed back information on their answers to our, our questionnaire and, our, and then our analysis, which allowed us to publish a book. And it just showed us the demand that was out there for people to engage in some way with Scotland. And it'll be individuals like yourself. You're going, I'm quite interested to know what's happening in Scotland, but I'm a business person, so I'd quite like to know it from a business perspective. And this is the real key, it's Scottish business. So you have a, you have a, a desire or an interest in the nation of Scotland, but also an interest in business. And business covers such a broad church now. So we have a lot of charities that are involved with us, a lot of universities, but there's still at the core of it all is this business idea. So it's not, um, no, we're not putting on Highland Games or anything. <laughs> right. Because there are wonderful organizations out there doing Highland Games. So we would rather partner with them. This then, based on your the answer you just gave me, you may consider to be a question that's way out of bounds because it, in a sense, is not at all about business. But there's been a great deal written and reported about the Outlander effect, how the, the TV show Outlander has greatly enhanced Scotland's visibility, its awareness uh, amongst people around uh, around the world. It certainly has had a, a huge impact on tourism into Scotland. 
Has it in any way had an impact on business? Are people more aware, for example, of Scottish business either in their own communities like here in the United States um, or any other international country? Has it, it sparked an interest in international business people wanting to know more about perhaps the business community in Scotland? Has there been an outlander effect in the business world? There has, and if I, if, I, if I don't talk about Scotland, I talk about New Zealand. So because of Lord of the Rings, there was an, a, an interest in New Zealand that didn't exist before. Right. That interest in New Zealand is about the, uh, the films themselves, but also about perhaps New Zealand as a tourism location. But also it's put New Zealand on the map for an awful lot of people to go, well, why don't we do something in New Zealand? Or have we researched the New Zealand market? Or how does... So, so, so that's the effect that Outlander has had on Scotland. What's interesting, though, is just as for Lord of the Rings in New Zealand or Outlander in Scotland, it's not noticed here. So, you know, so, so people... So you'll get, we get a large number of people with an interest in Outlander, but... Um, the people in Scotland don't share that interest in Outlander because <laughs> so much. anyway, we're doing all this. Why, why would we worry about this? And so, and, and also, there's something I would say because people can be quite dismissive about cultural aspects. So, someone who is interested in Outlander may also be the chief exec of a multi-billion-dollar company, and you shouldn't forget that that if the chief exec of the multi-billion-dollar company is interested in Scotland because they like Outlander and they want to come over and talk about business, go for it. <laughs> Play to every asset we've got. So we'll be delivering Scottish International Week um, at the last week in September, where we arrange a whole number of talks and speeches and debates and questions and education about international business. But we will be shooting something at um, the Lithgow Palace about Outlander and about Mary Queen of Scots, because it's something of interest to people. And that was my point, was that, as you so eloquently said, it, it, it could be that it's the CEO of a multi-million dollar business who also happens to be an Outlander fan. And because of that, he's thinking now, well, you know, this is an interesting country, an interesting culture. I've got a product or a business that might do well there. Maybe I should explore this. That, that Whereas prior to the TV show, his perception of outlander as you say it, it sort of put helped put scotland on the map for some people he may never have even thought of scotland as a market prior to that that's a, a great point and it's also if you and i were having a meeting and we went i've heard there are opportunities in africa right okay so we should possibly look at opening up a plant in africa where would we go well if if we had a friend who was nigerian we would probably look at Nigeria. So it's something that's easing that kind of discussion to get things started. Now, someone might come to Scotland and look at doing business here and then decide to go to Newcastle or go somewhere else. It doesn't matter. But all we're doing is trying to put it on the map and then make it easy for people to do that. We see so much in the media these days because of the pandemic um, and certainly in the UK because of Brexit uh, that these are troubling times for business. And uncertainty lurks everywhere as far as what is the future is concerned. How is SBN dealing with that, or are you dealing with it with regard to assisting your members in trying to determine, is perhaps this the right time to be branching out internationally? Is it more difficult to do so now because of uh, the current climate? Um, is that an issue you're getting involved in at all? Of course. So what we do is we've, we've done a lot with sharing information to our members, 
so like grants and support that's available. We've also done a lot of getting members to speak about what approach they are doing, so that helps with peer learning. Is it a time to get involved in export? I'm biased, I would say yes. So that's because if your product or service will work in a different region, it's worth having a look because we don't know what's going to happen over the next year. We don't know if the UK economy is going to go into major recession while the US economy might do quite well. Like if I look at NASDAQ, it's doing very well. So if the US economy was doing well and the UK, my home market was not doing so well, I'm probably better looking at export. So it's trying to familiarize yourself with what's happening around the world to look for the opportunities. I think my perception has been the world has become a smaller place because of uh, because of COVID, it's become a smaller place because it's all human beings. We're all in this together. We're communicating much more over much greater distances and be very familiar with that through things like Zoom and everything. So we're spotting opportunities elsewhere and trying to react to them. As you say, it is a smaller world and, and we're very much in a global economy now. What happens in one country, one market certainly can impact uh, other markets around the world. Is a business missing out if they're not looking at organizations like SBN to be involved with them and to get a greater perspective and have the ability to call on assistance internationally, um, given the given the global economy that we do live in these days? Is SBN and its role really vital to successful business? Um, I, w- I wouldn't say it's vital. What I would say is for a a spend of a few hundred dollars a year, it's probably worth a punt. You know, if you think about the other things we spend money on. Um, How to get value out of Scottish Business Network, though, if you join, is to be an active participant and to, to reach out to us, to get the introductions, to get the advice, to participate in the events, to read the, the, the material we share. And that learning process will really help you. Scottish Business Network itself won't help your company be more successful but the community we've built, I think probably would. So this, I'm taking part in your podcast. Now, um, Dot Scott are an SBN member. So you would like, presumably, to have more interesting Scots to interview on your podcast. So because you're an SBN member, we will introduce you to a number of interesting Scots. So it's useful to you. So it's all about understanding how you can get what you need from the network. Well, you just sold me on joining the SBN, even though I'm not necessarily a business, because the opportunity to make those connections for interviews um, would certainly be very valuable to me. Who is the perfect SBN member? Who should be joining that isn't already a member? Really interesting. So if I look at the profile for members at the moment, it's a company which is looking to expand beyond its home market. So its home market might be Glasgow, and it's decided it's started to do a bit of business in Manchester and would like to do more there. So it's someone who is expanding beyond their home market or sees the opportunities to do that. That's one type of member. Another type of member is a Scot from around the world who would like to know more about what's happening in Scotland and to participate in some of the opportunities that um, Scotland's rich innovation is bringing forth. So I think there's those two, two different groups. So there actually is then um, room for a business and there is room for an individual. Yes, indeed. And what, what we do, though, is that the individual joins because you know, an, an individual is the person that we can sit down and talk and help. 
we, we tried, you know, we will have opportunities where large companies will say, well, we want to join, give us a membership. And we go, well, we need to know who the individual is because we need to know that the individual who is going to join is going to fit in our network. So if the individual you're going to send along is a young, hungry sales guy who's going to sell at every opportunity, he's not going to fit in very well. But if your chief exec or a member of your board wants to join, that'll be a perfect fit because the people who are members are decision makers. Now, you can be a decision maker in a one-man business or a decision in a 10,000-person business. It doesn't matter, but you've got to have this kind of key decision making to fit into a business leader's network. So I guess to wrap things up then, um, give me your best pitch for joining the SBN. Um, oh, I'm Scottish. I'm not very good at pitching. <laughs> <laughs> I, would say if you're, I wouldn't say to join. I would say to inquire. So if you're listening to this broadcast and you think, I'd quite like to find out more about this SBN thing to see if it could help me as an individual or to help my company, then just reach out and contact me. My email is russell at sbn.scot or you'll find me on LinkedIn or come through our website. Just reach out and ask and we will try to help. My thanks to my guest, the chairman and co-founder of the Scottish Business Network, Russell Dalglish for sharing with us a bit of the story of the SBN. Now, don't worry, if you didn't get his contact information written down there at the end, you'll find it in our show notes on the website at www.underthetartansky.scot. As Russell said, just reach out and get in touch. And if you'd like to get in touch with me here at the podcast, you can do that via email, info at underthetartansky.scot or just use the handy contact form also found on our website. And along with our website and most popular listening apps, remember you can now go under the Tartan Sky at podchaser.com forward slash Tartan Sky. There you'll find all of our archived episodes and the opportunity to rate and review the show or even your favorite individual episodes. Reviews are extremely helpful and always appreciated as they can encourage others to explore the content that we provide here. Next time, we'll go not to Scotland, but to Franklin, North Carolina, right here in the USA, for a visit with the curator of the Scottish Tartans Museum and Heritage Center found there. Until then, I'm Glenn Moyer. Tapalev, I guess, Alpha Cabra. Under the Tartan Sky is a production of Glenn L. Moyer Creative Communications. For show notes and more information on this and all Under the Tartan Sky episodes, please visit our website at www.underthetartansky.scot. Have an idea for a future episode? Well, get in touch via email at info at underthetartansky.scot. Visit and like our page on Facebook and follow us on Twitter, where our username is at underscore tartansky. That's the underscore symbol, tartansky. And thank you for listening.